What's up, Home Run Club listeners? Thank you so much for being a part of the ministry. I celebrate what God is doing at Winning at Home. He is expanding our base, helping us reach more and more people for Christ. With that comes change, and so we appreciate your continued prayers and just provision from the Lord as we seek to honor God in all that we do. I want you to know I seek and listen to the Lord more than I ever have. And my prayer is as I age, I continue to do that and deepen in my relationship with him. And I just love you being alongside us and praying for us as we seek to do that. Many of you are partners with us also in our annual golf outing. That's coming up on June the 8th, and we would love you to be a part of it. Of course, you can sign up online or just call our office and ask for Julie, and you can get signed up to be a part of the big divot. So many of you support and help us with that, and we're so grateful. I also want you to know we're continuing to seek to expand our message here at Winning at Home, seeking to bring deeper truths in the name of the Lord to people who are a part of what we do. And that's part of what you're going to hear here today. Uh, I'm talking about the topic, Does Faith Change Things? And certainly we would all listen to that and go, of course it does. But I want you to listen. I want you to ponder that thought for yourself as you connect with us in this message I shared called, Does Faith Change Things? Let's listen to it now. This topic is an unusual topic. Uh, Josh asked me to speak on the topic of faith. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jane and I took our grandchildren to see the movie Frozen 2. I don't know if you've been to see it. Great movie. I'm not a big moviegoer. I mean, I like movies, don't go a lot. I didn't know how long previews are these days. I didn't know that previews are about as long as the movie. It's really cool. You can enjoy your popcorn twice. And so we're sitting there during the previews and... Uh, one of the movies that's coming up, I think it was coming out in 2080 or something, but that movie, they're, they're pro- previewing it. Name of it was Soul, S-O-U-L. And so after the preview, just the word Soul comes up on the screen. And my granddaughter, who's two down from me, I got Jackson beside me, Naya, she's down a couple of seats. She leans up on her seat with her popcorn and everything. Papa, Papa, she's screaming at me. I go, Naya, Naya sh- what, what's your question? Papa. What is a soul? I looked back at her and I said, we'll talk later, babe. That is way too deep for right now. I kind of had that same feeling when Josh said, I want to talk about faith. Does faith change things? What is faith? If I said to you, uh, or you said to me, uh, Dan, what's a Bible? But right here. It's it's this book. It's a Bible. You can buy it. It's at the store. You can go get it. But faith, you, you can't hold it. You can't touch it. You can't grab it. You can't just say, hey, here's some faith for you, man. You, you can't do that. But what is faith? Most people would say faith is religion. Nah, faith's not religion. Religion is something that is have been taught for generations that is something you can decide uh, comes from a particular area. I don't know, it's just, it's just different. Faith and religion are different. I guess the best way I can answer my own question is to point you to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That's where the Bible gives a very distinct definition of the word faith. It says this in Scripture. Faith is... Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. Now, just right there can be a little bit confusing. Let's go through that. Confidence in what I hope for. Heaven. There's a good case in point. Heaven is something that I hope for. A place where there's no pain, no hurt, no sorrow. Much of the stuff we're going to be talking about and dealing with today won't be dealing with in heaven. That sounds wonderful. But I haven't been there. 
I can't show you a picture of it. And so we have to then be assured of what we can't see. So faith today makes us believe there's a heaven. Verse 3 helps us with that. It says, by faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen. So let's talk about what is seen. You got in your car this morning and you drove over a part of the earth to get here this morning. That's seen. And then the Bible says it was made out of something that was not visible. In other words, that part you drove over this morning used to not be here. That's faith. So you can see how a scientist goes, I don't know. Because science says you have to be able to prove it. Faith is something that you have to learn on your own. I can't stand up here and prove faith to you. It's something you have to experience. That's why so many people struggle with it. And then Jesus goes and says something that seems kind of crazy. He says this to us. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the picture coming up on the screen. I used this about a year ago with you, that very picture. Jesus said, if you have a mustard seed sized faith, you can say to that mountain, be gone from there and the mountain will be moved. And we then begin to associate, oh, it's about the size of our faith. That's not what this passage is about has nothing to do with that. It seems like it because Jesus said mustard seed. Let me tell you what he meant by that. Let me remind you what I told you a year ago. There was a big mountain that was not there. And Herod, King Herod, known for creating and, and doing amazing things, hired and used slaves to build a mountain called the Herodian. It's there today. You can Google it up. He was buried there. He wanted to be remembered forever. So he built his own mountain. So when Jesus said to his disciples, hey, guys, if you have just a faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain be moved in other words if you have just a drop of me a drop a little drop of me is better than anything this world can do that's what Jesus meant and I don't know today if there would be somebody sitting here that would go I don't know about that a teenager in here, when you hear me say, a drop of Jesus is better than all the world. You, I, I, hey, teens, I know what you think. That's what preachers are supposed to say. It's, it's what he gets hired to do. Stand up there. I'm telling you, that's not why I say it. I have experienced in my life one drop of Jesus is better than the world. Because faith changes things. Faith makes you see things differently. The first point I want to share with you this morning, I'm going to stick with and stay on for quite a while. It's this point. It's very simple. Faith is understanding that every situation you face, especially the tough ones, is an opportunity for you to deepen in Jesus. I want you to understand this morning, if I could get this one point across, if I can share with you in these next five minutes the way the Lord spoke it into my heart on Saturday morning at 5 a.m. So I worked on this message a long time. I spent last week on it. I have a little stool in my office. I go sit on it. And when I write this point down and work on this stuff, I go, how in the world am I going to get someone to understand what that really means? Like, what can I say? How can I articulate words that you go, I get that. Me understanding my life is about deepening in Jesus is a crazy thought. 
And if I can get you to see it, it'll change everything. So at 5 o'clock yesterday morning, I was laying in my bed and it started coming to me. And I got up and I wrote it down on my phone. And I'm going to share you what I felt the Lord laid on my heart. I already had another point I was going to make and the Lord's like, this will make sense to him. When I was in college, I had a teacher, a professor, who took turns in every particular class setting to call on one of the students to pray. I was in accounting. My background is finance. So in my accounting class, my professor would say, okay, today so-and-so is going to pray. And on this particular day, Dan, my real name, Danny, Danny, it's your turn to pray. And I said, okay. She called on me to pray, Christian college. I said, okay, I'll pray today. And she said, before you do, I got a few things I want to go over. And I said, okay, no problem. So she said, I want you to pray for this, a couple of health issues, named off some th things. And then she got to the last thing and she said, and Danny, I want you to close your prayer tonight, our college, we have a basketball game and I want you to pray that we win. And I said, I won't pray that we win. And she said, why? The Bible says pray about everything. You will pray. And she's the professor. You'll pray and you pray that we win the game. And I said, I won't pray that. And she said, why not? And I said, because God is not a genie in a bottle. I said, I, I don't tell God what to do. And I don't ask God for things that I don't think are significant enough for me to pray to him about. When I, when I say that sentence, I understand some people get confused. I want to tell you something. We were praying another Christian school that night. I am not going to pray. And God help my Christian school beat that Christian school. Or God help my Christian school beat that public school. Or God help me win. God help, that prayer seems all about me. And I said to her, I won't do it. I'll pray that no one gets injured. I'll pray that we have good sportsmanship. I'll pray we have good attitudes. But I won't pray for my team to win because I don't think that's of kingdom value. And I think right there for me is where we struggle with faith. Because somebody sitting in this room has a neighbor who they pray like you pray. And their prayers just seem to get answered. Their kids are walking with Jesus. They get straight A's. They don't have accidents in their cars. They just have the perfect little life and everything seems to go rosy for them. And you're over here loving Jesus and tithing. And I seem to get screwed at every corner. I guess God doesn't love me as much. I guess my faith isn't as big as a mustard seed. I'll tell you the problem. I'll tell you all the problem. And I'll just talk about America today. It's worldwide, but I'll talk about America today. Our stinking faith is this shallow. I can prove it. I was watching Family Feud, one of my favorite shows. Watching my man Steve Harvey. Got a good one for you today. That's what he always said. And they're talking on the show, and they're going through this thing, and they're talking a little bit about faith. And then he said, you think faith makes a difference? And the guy who gave the answer said, we'll see. I just prayed for my answer to come up. We'll see if faith works. And I was like, that's it. Cell phone in my left back pocket. I can call whoever I need. 
God in my right back pocket, genie in a bottle. And I'll use him when I, now if I don't need you, God, I'll keep you right in my back right pocket. But when I need you and I'm in a circumstance I don't like, especially a difficult one, I'll just pull out my genie in a bottle, baby. And it's what we do. And we don't admit we do it, but we do it. We kind of think God is there for us when we need him. And if he doesn't come through, then we feel like, man, everybody in here, I bet at some point in your life has thought, I guess he's abandoned me. I guess he doesn't see me. I guess he, that, that lady walked up to me three weeks ago when I preached at a service. I finished. It was not this sermon. It was about something else. She walked up to me. She's standing right here after the service. And she's doing this thing where she, she wanted to make sure nobody else was around. Can I talk to you about something? I said, sure. What would you like to ask me? Um, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to say to you, sometimes I just don't feel like I have very much faith. And I said, we'll join about a billion of the rest of us. Because sometimes I don't either. And sometimes I wonder, is it, my, is it my prayers aren't good enough? Did I, did I not rub the right cloth? Because there are some TV preachers who get on, if you just call me, boy, send $500, I rub this piece of, I spit on this paper. You touch this paper, everything will be great. And I want to go, are you serious? Are you stinking serious? And wait a minute, when I say I'm a preacher, do people think I'm that? That's a freak, man. That's not what the Word of God teaches. I'm sorry. I'm calling a spade a spade. I'm, I'm saying what needs to be said because I don't want people to walk around thinking God is a genie in a bottle. That's not how God works. Have you read any of Scripture? And so I want to tell you today, I come today humbly, uh, simply attempting to share with you what I think faith changes. So about 30 years ago, I met Mary Gee. I was asked when I was youth pastor at Central Wesleyan Church if I'd like to meet her, and I said yes. She had written a little book. It's this thin. After the Word of God, my second favorite book in the world is a book called God Guides. wasn't meant to be a book. It's just kind of her devotional. got turned into a book. It's 40 pages. Stories of how faith changed things in her life and I read it and I met her and I said to her will you teach me this will you teach me how to hear from God and she said you sure you want to learn I said I do I didn't know what I was signing up for so she began to teach me how to listen to God it took me oh, almost a year before I ever heard anything that I would have said was that listened quietly every day heard nothing finally began to hear I've been doing this for 30 years, I got up early this morning, had my listening time to God. Everybody's looks different, so I'm not attempting to talk about how to do it. Nothing to do with that. I want to try to show you something. So I would hear things that I believe God laid on my heart. I would hear these things that I felt like God would say, I'm going to bring that about in your life. I'm going to call you to do that. That's the thing I want you to do. That's where I want you to go. That's what I want you to pursue. And I would hear that. And in my mind, I would go, got it. Because I want to say something about us. When we hear from God, we love to finish his sentence. We love to, oh God, I got what you want me to do. And now I'll tell you how that's going to happen. 
And in my 30 years of listening to the Lord, I want to tell you that the Lord has shown me one thing. When I hear something, when I hear something, I'm using that as an analogy. My mind says, oh, oh, well, yeah, it's right there. I'll just walk right over there. I know the best path. I know what is good. This is, this makes sense. And that's not how it works out. In my last 30 years, um, he has taken me on another journey. I'm going there. I can see it's right there, God. Let's just step over there. Well, we're going to, but we're going to take, we're going to take this uh, unknown path back here. The one where you can't see very good. And, and there are going to be times that you're not even going to be in the picture at all. And, and there are going to be times you're going to have to look up and go, are you there, Lord? Do you see me over here, Jesus? Seems like I'm hiding out behind the shed. Y yeah, because that's, that's the place I need you to be right. But Lord, this, this isn't fun back here. Like, like, I don't like this spot. This, this is like what I always dreaded would happen in my life. I, I don't want to be here. But it's in this spot, Dan, that you deepen. See, out there in the spotlight is where everybody likes to be, but it's back here that God does the work. Again, our society is a quarter inch deep. And I'm asking you to take it at least to maybe two inches today. Where you look at the circumstance and the situation you're in, and by faith, without seeing the outcome, you say, God, I submit to you right here. I am not telling you this is easy. I am telling you it is in this spot that I almost gave up. I almost walked away from ministry. Almost quit. Because back here is not enjoyable. But here's what's interesting. Going through this time and then going, well, Lord, I never, I never, <laughs> wow, that was, whoo, that's hard. I don't like that. Lord, where are you taking? Oh, oh, so there was another path? Oh, oh, you, you mean your ways are higher than my ways? Scripture. You, you mean you can see things I can't see? Oh, and I'm telling you, um, it is with delight that I sit on this stool today going, now that's not the path I would have picked. And that's not the last 20 years I was planning on. But man, you got me in, God, you got me in a better spot than, okay. See, somebody sitting here this morning is in a situation you weren't expecting and you would not have chosen and you've even cried about it and you wondered, why'd God do this to me? You pray that you would not get divorced and you've been divorced twice. You prayed that you would not know pain and you've experienced loss beyond belief. And get, I get, I, I get it. Your neighbor over there looks like life is just rocking and rolling. I, 
I had times when I was sitting back here and I would go out to dinner. Jane and I'd go out to dinner. We'd be sitting at a booth somewhere and we aren't even really talking because we're hurting so bad and some of the things that we're going through. Okay, okay. We aren't even functioning well. And the booth next to me, like the one they backed me up and sit me next to over there at the restaurant, those people over there talk. So anyway, yesterday my son, <laughs> straight A's again. And then he went to the ball game and he won everything, all that. I got king of the school and everything. And then... They call and they eat. We won the lottery. Everything's awesome. <laughs> and I'm over here going, seriously, God? They win the lottery? And I think a lot of times it's because we, we don't say it out loud, but us Christians, we're rolling the dice going, okay, God, I'm going to pray your will to be done. Cat eyes. Oh, six and a three. I said, cat eyes. They got cat eyes six rolls in a row. Because we've got the God as the genie in the bottle. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is saying, even in the difficult ones, I still believe. I still trust. Even this morning, you're sitting here and you cannot figure out how you're going to get there. But you say today, I believe. That, my friend, is faith. It's why I preach today. I almost lost my love for preaching back here. I almost did. I got to tell y'all, yesterday about 3 o'clock, 2.30, because you have a Saturday night service, I did that, and I did 9 o'clock, now 11 o'clock. I was sitting at my house going, I can't wait to get to preach. That's new and that's fresh in me. That was gone. And now it's like, hey, I, I get to preach next Sunday too. I can't wait. Because I got my joy back. You know Why? Because I found out that from the high to the low, God is faithful. Will I have other seasons? Maybe. Am I going to experience some things in life that I wish I didn't have to experience? Possibly. I used to have fear about that. My early days of ministry, I would have people say to me, Oh boy, let me tell you about the pastorate. And then you go, oh, shoot. And I'd worry about it. Go into a new year. What's this new year going to hold? I don't, I'm, I'm just not fearful today. It's a different me. Jane will tell you that's a new me. I don't walk around in fear because I believe that in any and every situation, Philippians 4.12, God is able to do things I cannot see. And today, I said I was going to call you to a higher level of living. What I'm saying to you today is, if you've got a situation in your life that you can't see the path to sit at the stool at the end of that, and by the way, we want to do it by the night at 6 o'clock, where you say, God, I'm going to trust you. This might be a few years. It might be a well Shoot, Lord, there might be even some new paths back in here I didn't even know existed. I, by faith, am going to trust you on this journey. If you guys take that road today.
I'm telling you, it might be a new road. It might be a new branch. It might be teenager in here. It might be a new outlook and going to school tomorrow. Same school, same people. But your spirit turns to trust God that he has a path you can't see. That's called faith. And what I'm telling you is faith changes things. Doing the same thing over and over and over by faith changes things. A lot of people call doing the same thing over and over and over like I've done winning at home for 25 years. Boring. I call it making a mark for the Lord. Do the same thing. Walk faithfully with him. That's kind of what this message is about. I'm not done. I got two more points. I'm going to share them. But I'm telling you, that's the big one. And I don't want you to miss it because I got a feeling there are some people over over behind there right now and you're really struggling and you're going to leave here and you're going to contemplate if you like what I said. No problem. Take your time and think about it. But talk to the Lord. Let him give you peace because it's the only way I made it. And I'm loving what I'm doing because the Lord brought provision I could not have seen. He can do things you cannot understand. That's faith. Secondly, the second thing I want to tell you that faith does is this. Faith determines if I will love a chosen few or if I love everyone. <laughs> we Christians are killer good at loving the chosen few. People who think like us, look like us, vote like us, and act like us. We love hanging out with them. But now you bring somebody else in the group. I, I don't know if they fit. They don't seem to think like me. And I want you to understand that faith and the way Jesus did it rolled some eyes, made some people wonder. In fact, I, we just went through Luke 2. Jesus was born. Well, he grew up. Remember, adolescent in the synagogue, teaching. His parents lost him. That old story. He keeps growing up. He gets into his 20s. I want to tell you a story from his 20s because Jesus died at 33. So in his 20s, Jesus is hanging out at the home of a Pharisee, Pharisee, religious person, the Bible says, Luke 14, verse 1. I'm just going to read one verse. On the Sabbath, Saturday, Sabbath was a Saturday then. On the Sabbath, Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, a really religious person. Look at the next phrase. And he was being carefully watched. Boy, we Christians, we're good at this. I'll sign, who wants to be a, a volunteer in the missions work? Nah. Who wants to work in the children's work? Nah. Who wants to be a watcher? Me! I'll be a, what do watchers do? They sit and judge everybody. Look over there. Seaborn says he's a Christian. Did you see what he just did? I had a situation a few weeks ago where I had to preach uh, on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night, and and it was at two different churches, locations, different, entirely different cities. So I was driving between cities, and I had a little bit of time, and so I stopped in at this uh, a well-known restaurant to eat my lunch, and it was really packed and full. And they said, "Hey, we got one spot at the bar." I said, "I'll take it." Had my Bible with me. I was going to study to get ready for the Sunday evening service. Big, I have a small Bible here. I have a really thick Bible. I had that one with me. And I walk into the bar. People are sitting there watching the football game, drinking, doing all the stuff they're doing. And I just open my Bible up right at the bar. The bartender walked over and said, well, I've never seen this before. <laughs> and he said, is that a Bible? I said, yeah, it's my Bible. He's like, man, that's cool. 
He said, you need anything? I said, yeah. I ordered my food. And, and then we struck up a conversation. I was speaking to the other people around me, too. But it, it was a place, a town, where some of the people there knew me. And I saw some people in the booths, like some Christian people. And I could see that they had spotted me sitting at the bar. And I could tell they were watching me. What's he doing? Is that a Bible? Has he got a logger? What's he doing? I could just see it. I could see it all over him. And I'd just look over and smile. <laughs> we Christians are really good. You ready? Really good at spotting sinners. I do want to finish that story and tell you that that young man who was my bartender, he told me when we left, he said, man, just talking to you a little bit, because I told him what I was going to preach on. He, he said, wanted me to share, and I was like, shoot, I'll tell you the story. So I told him. We finished our conversation. As I paid my tip and get ready to leave, he said, hey, just so you know, I came here from another part of the country, and um, I went to church and was involved in that kind of stuff back there. Since I moved here, I said, I forget what all they said, but talking to you today makes me want to check out faith again. I was like, that's awesome, man. Have a good time. Have one on me. No, I'm just kidding. So I, it was a good, it was a, <laughs> it was a great, a great opportunity. But I found myself going, hmm, Christians, hmm. Can you sit at a bar with your Bible? I don't know. Is that in Scripture? We're so good at that. Here's why. You ready? Watch this. Because as Christians, so many Christians, you ready? We are really good at when we look at people, we see their sin and not their soul. I just ask you pretty boldly, when you look at someone and they're kind of of the sinner looking variety, like you spot them out there, you know, you're driving in your nice car and you say, there's a sinner. <laughs> do you see their sin or do you see their soul? Can I tell you that faith, faith makes you pee -pee, see people's souls. I'm seeing this change in me. The Dan from 20 years ago, more likely to see the sin. The Dan today, more likely to see the soul. Saw it about myself in Florida, sitting in a Starbucks just a few weeks ago. I was having to meet with someone. Jane was back uh, at the place we were staying. I was there by myself at Starbucks waiting to meet this gentleman. And I saw a person across on the other side of Starbucks that we would have all looked and said, okay, that's different. We would have said that. And immediately I went, I wonder how their soul is. And, and I remember going, Good job. You saw their soul first. I'm going to build bridges the rest of my life to people's souls. And in doing so, I will be building bridges to people who are lost. And I have a dream. Good week to have that. I have a dream that someday there will be someone in heaven because I built a bridge. And I want you to start seeing people's souls. There are families in here today who are dealing with issues in their home and they don't know how to deal with them. The world is throwing a different twist on your life and your family and your children. And you're feeling lost, confused, separated, might have even considered not coming to church because I don't know if we fit anymore. Hey, listen, if we don't fit in church, then our church needs to take a look at itself.
because everyone is welcome here because this is a place where the lost are found. And I want to be one of the ringleaders of building bridges to communities that feel lost. Third, third, uh, faith determines if my plunder is more important than my purpose. Faith changes things. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love stuff. But boy, stuff can get your life out of whack. Let me give you a little analogy of it. This is what I wrote down about it. First of all, when you chase stuff, it steals your mind, man. You got to be thinking about that stuff all the time. And then that's going to take your time. Because if, if your mind's thinking about it, your time's gone. Then that's going to rob you blind of your real purpose on this earth. Everybody in here, let me just tell you your purpose. When God created you, your purpose was to glorify him. To let your light shine so that other people in this world could come to know Christ. You are a little Jesus. That is your purpose. And if stuff starts becoming your purpose, plunder, getting more things, if that becomes your purpose, you get tripped up. I can give you the perfect analogy of this. Growing up, I always loved Michael Jordan, uh, Jane's brother. Went to class with him in North Carolina before he became really famous down in the Carolinas. That's where we're from, North Carolina, Jane. And so we got, we, we got to follow him closely. I followed him before he even made the big shot at Carolina because I was a Carolina fan. Then I come up here, I live in Michigan. He gets drafted by the Bulls in 86, 87. He becomes the star of the Chicago Bulls. And man, oh man, I wanted his rookie card. Because this is, that's, that's awesome. And I, and I chased it. And I finally got one. And you know what happened? I got one and then I wanted two. And then I needed four because I got four kids. It just doesn't end. Stuff doesn't, you don't get it and go, now, whoo, satisfied. Stuff doesn't satisfy. Purpose satisfies. Have your stuff, enjoy it, have a blast. But remember your purpose. To fulfill God. And I'm going to give you three takeaways. They're very simple. Because this week, you're going to face a fork in the road. And when you come to that fork in the road this week, I want you to see that your faith impacts the direction you take. And it might be that in, in, in the process of saying that, what I'm saying to you is I accept Jesus. That sometimes you're going to take me into an unseen and unknown area and I'm going to take that path. I'm not just going to go, no, Jesus, you're wrong. I'm going to go the way I want to go. I'm going to change that. And I'm going to live by faith. Number two. As this week goes along, show love to someone you've previously considered unlovable. I bet somebody's face might be popping up in yours. Go love them. But I don't know how. Treat them the same way you treat me. Try. See what happens. Build a bridge so that someone can come to know the Lord through your love. That's what Jesus did. They killed him for it. They killed him for it. But he didn't stop building bridges. Number three, stop thinking you need something else to be fulfilled. I'll just tell all y'all in this room right now, Jesus is enough. It's a simple message. But boy, it's hard to live. And I told you when I started, I was going to call you to a higher level of living. I hope today as you leave, you will say, I got the point. I see what you mean. Life's full of some crap. 
But in the middle of that, I'm going to bring glory to God. And I don't know your circumstance, but I know that Jesus is enough to guide you through it. I do know that because I've experienced that. So Jesus, this morning, uh, with our heads bowed in reverence to you, we thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. All of us deal with stuff that we don't know how to understand, we don't know how to grapple with, we don't even know exactly what to do with it, but we're going to trust Jesus by faith, by faith. We're going to trust that you have paths that are best for us, and so we accept those today. <laughs> As I say, we accept those. Somebody's fighting that in their spirit, and I pray, Lord, you'd help them to see that you have a path to get them to that place that they want to be that is absolutely stunning. And so today, we accept that you're our God, you are not our genie, and we pray that we would therefore serve you with our life and thinking you ought, instead of thinking you ought to just do what we want. Let us take a step of faith today. And whatever path you lead us, the more honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I trust and pray as you listen to that simple message that it makes you consider your own life in areas where you can change and you can look at how faith might deepen you in every aspect. And of course, as always, especially in our family and in our marriage. And I pray and trust the Lord will use this message to challenge you to grow deeper. As I say, I'm seeking to do that. Join me. Let's continue to grow in Christ and let's continue to seek to win at home.